Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world. Luke 10, I'm going to read it for time. Luke 10, verses 1 through 11. I'm continuing the third sermon in the series uh, called Reach the City. Here we go. I'm going to read. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers or to thrust out workers into the harvest field. Go. This is an exclamation point. Go. This is emphatic. Go. This is an imperative. Go. This is a command. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Verse 5, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eat and drink whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. Verse 8, when you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe off our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. I uh, love this particular text. I wanted to, I was searched, you know, all night for the picture of a, a eagle, uh, a mother kicking her child out of the nest. I searched for that. Um, it, you know, if you've ever seen a bird being pushed out of the nest, it almost seems cruel because you're thinking how terrible the fall, how terrified the person. Hey, they've never done this. Yet there is a knowledge that the mother has that the baby chicklet, eaglet, does not have, that it has an ability to do something but it's just not exercised that ability yet. And what happens, the mother kicks eventually. It doesn't happen rapidly if you just watch it on film. It's kind of like I'm nudging you to the end, you know. And you can imagine if you're the one being pushed, you are thinking, as a little eaglet, what I'd be thinking. Now, if this goes wrong, I mean, I'm going to be a meal for a buzzard. I mean, this, this could go wrong. Mama, mama, calm down, slow down. And, and at some point, 
You're still being pushed. And yet that, that mother eagle, when she pushes you out, kind of gets underneath you just in case you don't figure it out. Isn't it funny that um, when we think about something like that, it's a great picture to me of some of what this text is trying to do. Jesus sends out the 72 others. And I can imagine that they would feel unprepared. And I'll prove that in just a moment. But yet he pushes them out through a command, through conviction, through the word go. Uh, let's begin to look at this. The first thing I want to tell you is it's impossible to read this text and not come to the conclusion that you need to go. You need that should be 2-O-O, not 2-T-W-O. It's not the people in the back's fault. I, I wrote it that way, but when I just read it, I just said, no, that's the wrong two. Who put the wrong two? Oh, I did that. <laughs> not them. They're smart. It's two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put my scripture up there so we can just, okay. After this, the Lord appointed... 72 others. Now, you got to understand something. This appointing is a commissioning. This appointing is a designation. Um, it's, it's a giving a special assignment to. Jesus could appoint because he himself was anointed and appointed with a special assignment. The Bible first says that he said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book is written to me, chapter Nine says that he sent out the 12 disciples to go do the work. Now he's sending out 72 others. And I'm venture to say that it's all an encouragement to help the body of Christ know he's sending us all out. Now, the first thing you would be thinking is, of course, he's sending out himself. He's qualified. Of course, he's sending out the 12 apostles because they're the apostles. They're qualified. The 72 others, he doesn't give us any information, so to speak, that makes us think that they're qualified to do it. I love this. I love what the text is not saying so that we don't graduate to conclusions that disqualify what he's trying to say to us as a body of believers. Now, you have to read chapter, you have to read Luke 9 in order to really get the context of this. Who is the others? Well, Jesus had just um, been going to, um, walking on the road, and a man walked up to him, and he says, uh, hey, I'm going to follow you. He said, birds have nests, um, foxes have dens, but the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. Uh, you sure you want to follow me? And he says, yes, but I've got to take care of my family. He said, no man putting his hand to the plow looking back is fit. Another man said, let me go bury my daddy or let me finish up some, 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 some important business. And he said, no, let the dead bury the dead. The 72 others are disciples, and the things that make them disciples is the fact that they follow Jesus. They follow Jesus. 
Are you a disciple? If you're a disciple, you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a mandate to go out. Now, I was thinking, when God sends us out, does he need us? You think he needs you? It doesn't mean he didn't send you. Now, when, you, when, you're, when you're 18 years old in this country, I still believe you have to sign up for the selective service. Is that correct? Right? Now, that just means we don't need you, but if we need you, we'll call you. And we have the right to call you. And so, Jesus, when you are, I want you to understand that out of all the people that Jesus had given the message of the gospel to and healed, it had been thousands at this point. He had just fed 5,000 people. But aren't you, isn't it strange that he only sent out 72? The chapter before, he only sent out 12? If he sent out, if he's getting crowds of people that are that big, that are hearing his message, experiencing his ministry, receiving his healing, getting his food, interacting with him, then how come they're not available to go? And one of the marks is, not that you've heard the message, not that you've been healed by Jesus, not that you've been preached to, it's a simple thing that says, I am willing to be a follower and not get so caught up in my own life, my own family, my own needs, that I no longer have a capacity or time to go. Because you need to go. You need to go. You need to know that you're being appointed and anointed. What if I told you there's a gift on the inside of every one of you, even if you haven't identified it yet, that God says gives you the power to be effective when you go. And, and he sends out these 72 others to the places where he himself would go. In other words, you know, God is strategic. It's not random. When we go out to do the work of the Lord, it's not just waking up one day and just saying, I'm just going to go someplace and do, do some wild stuff. He, it, he is spirit-inspired. It's spirit-led. It's spirit-directed. He says, every place that I'm going to go, I'm going to send you ahead of me. In chapter 9, he had sent them ahead of him to Samaria. And the Samaritans, if you remember the story, they didn't receive him. And what did James and John say? <laughs> Kathy knows. <laughs> he sent them ahead two by two into the places that he was going to go, which was his strategy. And when they didn't get received, James and John came back to Jesus and said, Jesus, we got this. We got the best message on the planet. They're not going to receive you? Come on, we'll call fire from heaven like Elijah. Let's burn them up. Let's burn them up. You see, this is what we want to do. But the Bible says he, they went to every town and place that, where he was going to go. And he wasn't going there to be adversarial. He wasn't going there to be contentious. He wasn't going there to be loud. He wasn't going there on a political campaign. He was going there because he knew that there was a harvest. How do you know this? Because the next verse, verse 2, watch this. He told them the harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that's few. Let's just stop there. You know, this is an easy part of the message to get lost in, where we're thinking about the 12 that have been sent, Jesus that have been sent, the 72 others that have been sent, and yet he's saying he doesn't have enough people to actually reach the people he is sending them out to. 
He is saying that when you look out at the world, it is like we look out and say, people don't want our message. When Jesus looks at the world, he said, they're like a field that is full-grown fruit, and all they need is harvesters to go out and take the fruit. What if I was here to tell you that the problem we have in the church or in the world is not a lack of openness to the message of Jesus Christ? It is a lack of people who have experienced the love, the salvation, the healings, and the goodness of Jesus Christ to actually go out into their harvest field and tell other people Jesus loves and wants you too and thank you. And it, 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 that's, that's what's going on. So the harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. And he says now, I want you not just to go, you need to go, but you need to pray to get others going as you go. You need to pray to get others going. It's not just, this is the part we leave off. We always kind of get, I personally get to the point, especially with a uh, person like Pastor Rice, where you can just say, he's got it. He's doing it. He's having crowds of a couple thousand each time. People are getting saved, gospel being preached. We give our tithes and offering. We helping that brother do what he's got to do. We out there working. And in one regard, that is true. In another regard, the reason that he talks about the 72 others is because it's how we should be doing the work. But then the other thing is we should be praying that God would get other people besides ourselves who are willing to go out and do it. Now, why would I preach this message in church? Because there were thousands of people who were following Jesus and getting what they needed. He had just fed 20,000 people miraculously. You would think that he would have an army following him of 20,000 people that could be thrust out into the harvest field to at least do work and pay for the meal they received. Could it be that we can come to church and accidentally love on Jesus by staying still? Love on Jesus by showing up to receive. But he's, he's trying to say, pray and ask the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers into the harvest field. Do you know what he's saying? This word uh, send out is to force out, is to throw out is to be violent with, is to cast out, is to push out, is, 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 is to use great force. And so, and so much so that the, the Bible says when God is casting a devil out of a man, this is the same word to send out or to throw out means the same effort it takes to get a devil out of somebody. It takes that level of force to get a Christian to get out into the harvest field. Because the reality is, this is not the message we want to hear. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. And I know that they're qualified. How do you know? Because Jesus, in the chapters before, is revealing who he is. He says, I'm the son of God. He said, I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried. He says, this is the kingdom. He goes on to say that you're equipped. You're, you're, you're qualified. What qualifies you? The fact that you will follow. The Bible says, no one comes to me except I draw him. No one calls me Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He, says, he said, 
in Romans 10, 9, if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, you will be saved. He has all these people who give the appearance of being available. But when it comes down to doing what he does, living the life he lives, speaking like he speaks and saying, yeah, you, we got to be thrown. We, we need prayer for somebody to throw us out. Now, lest you think I'm the pastor coming down hard on you guys, he's got to throw me out too. I already told you. It's, 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 once you kind of do a job like this for the Jesus, you know the, the sin that can be here is? As soon as I get down, I'm off. I'm off work. I'm going home and lay down and watch football. I guarantee you it's going to be somebody today when I get off this stage that needs to hear the good news about who Jesus is. And I'm going to be in a crisis because if I get home early enough, I can finish watching the Titans lose one of the games. That they, I, I'm sorry, Wanda, because I know you, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still for them. I love them. I love them because I'm watching even if they losing. <laughs> oh, they are, yeah, they off today. So I really can minister to people. My point, my point is, he got to force us out. Now, remember that mama eagle I was talking about? She got to push that baby out. Now, li- listen, I, I, I want you to understand, and I don't know if it's an African mother thing, but let me just bring you into my home. My whole life is, as long as I can comprehend, my mother would say this statement, baby, when you turn 18, you're getting out of here. <laughs> she would say, now, I don't know where you're going, but you're going somewhere. Now, I hope you go to college, you can work a job, but you're going to go somewhere. You're going. And every year, she's saying, you figured out where you're going? Yeah. I said, well, mom, I'm... You know, she said, you better get them college applications in. You better do whatever you got to do because you, you out, brother. You out. And when she dropped me off at college, she, the day she reminded, she, I got, a, I got a, a care package in a dorm room that she didn't have to pay for yet because I got a scholarship because she said, that's how you going. And she said, baby, I love you. Now, just remember, you can't come back home. <laughs> Go out and be successful. It's funny, one of the reasons we don't want to go is because we don't know what the measure of success is. She would tell me stuff like, you've got everything in you to be successful. You've got an example in my life. I've prepared you all the way. I've laid a foundation that you can build on. I want you to get out there and do it now. Sometimes we have a failure to launch because we have a fear of failure. And you're going to be successful in what you do because the Bible says, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. He said, pray that somebody can be encouraged by the Lord that you can actually do what he wants you to do and get out into the harvest fields. He throws them out. Get out there. 
He doesn't just want me to pray that, Lord, can you just move on some people's hearts? This is what we want. Can you just move on a few people's hearts today, hearts and minds, to have a mind of Christ, and that they would do the things of the Lord? Can we just have, like, Lord, just send them out. Sin, sin, sin. No, no, he, he's saying, would you pray? Would you, did, did, did you, did, did the father would say, get out there. Man, no, get, get out, get out. It's like Pastor Rice one time, we, was, we were in a big, about 15 years ago, we were in a big meeting of global evangelists. And we're in this big meeting, you know, Ron Harbucky is there, and they're going around talking about how many people they led to the Lord. You know, oh, just five million. Just, and then we were all filthy, and I was like, I don't want to say my number. Because it's too small. Like, I, you know, I just started trying to figure out how many kids I led to the Lord. Just, you know, I think I mumbled my answer. I'm going to What would you say? I say, next person. Next person. Yeah, fear of failure. But so, so Pastor Wright, it's just 30 evangelists. We're in, we're in Florida. And he, and, and he turns to me and he says, James. I think you got something to say to these people. Just get out there and say something to these evangelists. The worship is going on. I said, I don't have nothing to say. He said, you got, he said, I'm sure you got something to say. I said, I said, hey, 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 I got nothing. <laughs> and then while we just worshiping, standing next to each other, you know how somebody's hand is on your shoulder? And then I noticed it went down to the small of my back and he had balled my, jack, my suit jacket up in his hand. This is forced out. This is, the, the, this is forced out. And he did a couple steps. <laughs> and he pushed me into the center of the room. He's got a word. I looked back at him. I said, I told you I ain't got nothing. Then he said, stand out there until you get something. You know what happened when I surrendered to the moment to go and do and be who God? All of a sudden, I began, I felt, I felt the same thing. I began to just begin to prophesy to all these people I didn't feel worthy to talk to. Because I was forced out. Pray that the Lord would grab you in the small of your back and get him a little bit of a running start. And here's why it's difficult for us to pray like this. It's because our hearts don't move toward the same thing his hearts move toward. The Bible said the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. The issue is, yeah, I need to go. I need to pray that others get going. But I'm not going and I'm not praying that others get going because my heart is not effectual. My heart is not fervent. I'm not on, on, that's what I'm saying, help us. Because I need to be thrust out into the harvest field. He said, send them out. And it's not to send out and fail. He said, one man plants, another man waters, God gives the increase. He, 
He's not even asking you to go out there and make somebody say, say it, say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, say it, say it, say it, say it. He's not asking you to do that. He's not asking you to, to preach. I'm telling you right now, God, he's got a plan. It, you know, he's not asking you to be, you know, charismatic. He's, he's not asking you to say, oh, do you really know when the universe began? It's when God said it. <laughs> he, he's not asking you to be, you know, this is not the thing. You don't have to just go out and whisper. I, got, I know you're in a bad place, but God did something. You could be in a good place. Because they're already ready to respond to the message. You know why we don't believe that the harvest is ripe? It's because we're not going out preaching the right message. We're going out. This is how we... You need to go this way, not that way. That's my next one. Now he's going to show you. You need to go. You need to pray that others get going. But you need to go this way, not that way. What's the way he wants to go? He said, go... This means get up, get out, and do what I'm saying. Now, now we don't like that. Get up, get out, do what I'm saying. Now, some of us are just saying, I just know God wouldn't speak like that to me, so that's for the people who need a hard message. I need a soft message. See, that exclamation point is telling you a lot of stuff. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. He didn't send you and I out to be hard. <laughs> oh, you guys want to say? No, I, come, you say your part, then I'm going to say my part. <laughs> we'll watch how the gospel gets you. <laughs> you know, it's not a tough message. Needed to be said by a tough person. Your lambs, they can be tough with you. They can show you their wolfly teeth and their fangs. Say, we're going to hate Christians. We're going to tear your kingdom down. Don't you see how the government is already taking stuff? Y'all times, they can say whatever they want to do. We're taking your, say something. Say something to me. I'm going to HR. Say something. You're going to evangelize me? HR. Church or state, buddy. And then there's a state institution. The wolf, you're a lamb. You can't say, oh, I know the law too. The law gives me the right to give my testimony and you're going to hear my testimony. He's not asking you to get tough. The wolf against the wolf. I'm the Christian wolf. I'm the devil wolf. Well, we wolfing each other. No. <laughs> He wants you to be, you're a lamb. You're a lamb. (laughs) You're not going there with vibrato. You're not going there. I want you to go this way, soft. I want you to go this way, sheepish. I want you to go, I don't want you to go like a wolf. This is just antithetical to my personality. I feel like I'm most effective when I'm going aggressive. Oh, you're going to serve them today. I've told people this. Oh, you're going to serve them today. Or how you know? I said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes today for you to serve them. Yeah, that salvation only lasts as long as my vibrato. 
you were. Then he says, I don't want you, don't take here, I don't want you to go like this. Don't take a purse, some money, don't take a bag, don't take sandals, don't greet anybody on the road. In other words, this message is so important. You don't need any levels of distraction. And when you're doing my work, I need none of your help. I don't need your money. I don't need you to provide for you. I don't need you to provide for me. Stop thinking, well, once we get all of the provisions for the outreach, then where are we going? I, you know what I know about Pastor Rice? I know he'll have no provisions, none. He'll wake up and say, God told me Iceland. I said, how are we going to get to Iceland? I don't know. We're going to get there. And, the, and he'll go somewhere and somebody will get saved. When you hear about all these things Pastor Rice is doing, it's not like there was a budget for it. He figures it out. Well, we got a big church. We can't fund everything that God give him. I'm telling you, though, it doesn't stop his progress. He is still going. But God does not need our help. Just do it this way, not that when you go. He said, when you enter in a house, this is how I want you to do it. I want you to say peace to this house. And if someone promotes peace is there, the peace will rest on it. If it's not, your peace will return to you. He said, stay there eating and drinking whatever they put before you. A worker is worthy of his. Don't move around from house to house. In other words, if you don't like what's going on, just, just enjoy the hospitality. You're not there for you. You're there for me. I don't live this way. I live based on what makes me comfortable. I'm sorry to tell you that. I lived on what's convenient. In fact, I have decided not to be inconvenienced in my life. I've made it to some levels where inconvenience should no longer be a part of my life. Isn't that about growing up? I'm going on a mission trip where there's a great hotel. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, where is, where is the Hilton? Hilton, do they have a Hilton resort? I'm so mad at myself that, that my heart, this exposes my heart because he has a way he wants me to go. I shouldn't be worried about all that. He said, and when you enter a town um, and are welcome, eat what is offered. But here's the last part we end on. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near. But if you enter a town and you're not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town will wipe off my feet as a warning. Yet be sure that the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God, God's way of doing things and being right in the earth. The kingdom of God is the good news that God became man, lived the life we should live, died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he was raised from the den, dead. Now he offers salvation to everyone who will repent and believe. It is the greatest message on the planet. That is music to our ears. That is eternal salvation. Let me tell you, and let me tell you, what would the world be like if we went, if we prayed for others to go, and we went the way he wanted us to go? I mean, let, let, me, let me give you what it would be like. Every time a prince of peace is in a room, his peace, God's peace rests in that room. 
That's why I pray for laborers in the Democratic Party. I pray for laborers in the Republican Party. I pray for laborers in all, I mean, uh, I, I pray for laborers in our judiciary. I pray for laborers in the White House. I pray for laborers in the Congress. I pray for laborers in our school system. I pray for laborers in our business community. I pray for, for laborers just to be out in the community in, in cubicles and stuff. And because what changes is when the Prince of Peace is in you, you bring your peace to rest within whatever community that you're in just because you go. Not once in this sermon have we talked about hermeneutics or apologetics or the skill. This is things that you develop over time in being in church, but going and praying and doing it God's way is something you can do right now. Stand to your feet. Ministry team, you can come down. How are you and I to respond to such a message like this? Well, the response is not to excuse ourselves from the responsibility to do something. The response should be simply, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. I'll go if the Lord wants somebody. Here am I, send me. You need to begin to sing this song in your heart. I may be hurting, but I'll go. I may be hurting, but I'll go. If the Lord wants somebody, here am I, send me, send me, send me. If the Lord needs someone, send me, say this. I'll go, follow where you lead. If the Lord needs someone, send me. That's the response. 72 others, because those were available to respond. They were not just hearers of the word, they were doers. They know that you know that you know salvation is about accepting him as Lord. I pray that he would be Lord of everyone in this church, Lord of your life. I pray you should not that you don't feel condemned for past inactivity because that is not the purpose of the message. I pray that you would be inspired that you're already qualified to go and make an impact. And though you're just in water or a planter, God's going to see your hands bring an increase. You have this ability. Lord, I pray for this congregation. If you've watched this message and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I've got good news. You can do it right now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, 
come into my life for the rest of my life. I acknowledge I am a sinner. I need you, my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I confess that you are now Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, I have good news for you. You have eternal life. The next step for you is to get in a Bible-believing church. We volunteer to be that church. But if not us, we pray God's blessings on you as you search for God's best for you. Thank you.